All right, team. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Dad Podcast. I'm back here with my man, Ben Garcia. How are we doing, Ben? Doing good. Doing good. Sadly, still from many states away, but fear not. We will be making the trek to Texas soon. So, Ben, since the Texas State Fair ain't happening this year, uh, I don't know if you're yeah, sad about that sad. or not, but we, we got to dream, dream about this a little bit because I was looking forward to it and not going to be able to go this year. But Well, I think we can recreate at least getting some good food. I mean, this is what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. So what's the number one food that you get from the state fair? Uh, Robin's favorite state fair food is the cotton candy, but I love um, corn dogs. One of my buddies from uh, here was back in Texas not too long ago, and they ended up waiting in line for like two hours for a Fletcher's corny dog. Is that, is that what you get? Yeah. Yeah. That's the big hit there or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like legit cornbread around the hot dog. It's not um, like sweet cake corn dog. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Well, I did a little, that's delicious. I did a little research myself and I always knew like when you go to, the Texas state fair, you can, you can basically get anything deep fried. I, I didn't really know what that meant. Like, I, I mean, I thought it meant structurally you're kind of bound by certain things I would think, but some of the, the past items sort of caught my attention a little bit. And honestly, they sound pretty good, but raised a few questions as well. So there was fried bubble gum. I can picture that fried Coke. I have no idea what that means. Deep fried latte, fried PB and J and the fried Thanksgiving dinner. So that's just mm. a small sampling of all the, the fried food or, or drink, I guess, that you can find at the state fair. But yeah, man, I'm a little well, bummed. The fried, the fried Coke is, in fact, cocaine. So if that helps you. And this family-friendly podcast has officially turned into an explicit, <laughs> explicit version. But since we're on the topic of food, Ben, I've got a question for you. Are there, are there any snacks that you guys have for your kids that you secretly love? Any snacks? Uh, I, I mean, I don't choose it, but if the kids are eating goldfish and I have one, I'm having more. It's a waterfall. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat a handful. Like, I'm never going to go and initiate goldfish, but um, yeah, it's a slippery slope once you start. Or if like one of them really cutely starts feeding you them, you just want to keep it coming. I, I can't explain it. I get it. Well, Ben, I'm going to rock your world here for a second. Uh, For those of you watching on Facebook, you can see this. Annie's Bunnies birthday cake flavor. They have been um, world changing for me. And we had to get another box at Target. They're on on sale at Target right now. So uh, those have been my go-to now. Just a handful of those. It is amazing. But well, hey, I brought Ben on here today to, to have a little fun and hopefully to grow as dads a little bit. But if you missed it, Ben was the first real episode we did here back in episode two. Talked about how many kids we should have and how the Garcias are going for a whole football team. So you can go back and, and <laughs> listen, he's shaking his head on that one. Listen to episode two for that. But uh, Ben is, if you didn't catch it in, back in episode two, he's the dad to four awesome kids. I got two girls two boys. He works at a church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. His Twitter claims that he's a wannabe rapper. I have seen him rap, so it's not wannabe anymore, but uh, Ben is one of my good friends who I still keep in touch with, even though it's across the, the country. And I know that 
Um, he's got a lot of that good dad wisdom to impart. And today we're going to be chatting about the Enneagram, specifically how the Enneagram impacts you as a husband and dad. But Ben, would you consider yourself an Enneagram expert? I would not. I would, um, <laughs> I would consider my wife an Enneagram expert. So any knowledge I have on the Enneagram is from her and many, many talks about her, um, you know, explaining a book she read, an audio book she listened to, podcasts. She's really like um, educated me in, in all of her ways of the Enneagram. That's fair. I didn't think you were. And I am definitely not qualified to be talking about this either. I know we've had some conversations in the past on FaceTime about uh, Enneagram and, and figured you've got enough working knowledge, probably from Robin, and understanding uh, where we could have a, a fun little, little combo around it. Now, we're not going to be diving deep into each Enneagram type by any means. There's plenty of resources out there for that if you're interested. Uh, so this episode is assuming that maybe there's like you've got a little bit of an idea about what the Enneagram is, maybe what type you are, what that means, but this is going to be more of a 30,000 foot view, if you will, of the topic to hopefully help us to be better dads. And honestly, it's, it's more about having an understanding of yourself and your kids so that we can, we, we can parent them well. So Ben, real quick, I have a guess, but how did you get introduced to the Enneagram? Uh, I got introduced to the Enneagram by my sister, Gina, um, and she was all about it. She's raving about it. And I gave it a hard eye roll, uh, as a brother might to his sister, but, um, fast. And, and then a couple of years passed by and then it started kind of catching steam. Robin read a book and, uh, I caught on and, and I'm all about it now. Uh, again, not a professional, not an expert, but, uh, it is definitely, worth checking into um if you if, if you don't know what it is uh, i would say the enneagram is a way to kind of categorize everyone's personalities and even in a deeper way it kind of measures our um our motivations for why we do things and kind of uh, a way to measure our strengths and our weaknesses and how we handle stress and conflict and things like that yeah i know when we were facetiming with with ben and, and his wife robin a couple months ago i think i broke like the number one rule of the Enneagram and I typed someone else and pinned Ben as a, as a type seven. Is that correct? That's me. Yep. That's you. Good. See, I got it. Yeah. See, I don't really know the proper Enneagram etiquette and, and honestly I have no idea how I was first introduced to it either. It's probably from someone posting some like cutesy thing on Instagram, but my first thoughts were that this is some weird witchcraft horoscope thing, which <laughs> full disclosure, I, I still kind of think that, but I thought I'd play along Witchcraft. at least take the test, which I've learned, I think is another Enneagram no-no or something like taking the test. You're supposed to like figure it out yourself or something like that, but I can, no I, rules. Can, I can still never remember what my type is. I always have to ask Shannon to rem remind me what my type is, which is a type nine, by the way. But yeah, I just okay. see so much confusion in it with different types, subtypes, wings, connecting lines it's like oh i'm a nine but sometimes i can be a six or a three depending on the situation and if if this happens i tend to respond like an eight but if this happens i i usually respond like a one and i just get like kind of lost in the the nonsense you get real complex and sure. i give up so i imagine i'm not the only one who, who feels like that but you have any other uh, unfiltered thoughts about the enneagram you said you're all in but uh yeah i mean i i um 
I'm all about how I can use it, how I can apply the knowledge that I've gotten. So that's partly the reason why I don't get in the weeds on it. I, I um, maybe I should, but I'm, I'm, whatever I share today is going to be as practical and as simple as I can make it. Cause that's kind of how I roll in general. Um, well, I appreciate but, it. Uh, I love that we started the podcast saying how, how much we don't know about this <laughs> as we record a podcast about it. I think it'll be good, but that's a, uh, well, that's part of the fun of it. And like I said, it's not about like the Enneagram necessarily. It's more an understanding of our kids, of our spouses and how, how that can help us be better husbands and, and dads. But um, I mean, I, I've quickly seen the, the Enneagram making its way into the business world. You've probably seen it like even into the church world. And I imagine it's a hot topic in a lot of families too. And, and hearing from Robin, who's got a good understanding of it and how uh, things work. I, I don't know if like passionate is the right word for it, but she can definitely make a lot of connections in people based on their Enneagram type. But have you guys seen this improve your relationship at all? Or, or better yet, like what are some things that you've learned about how God has designed you guys? Yeah, it, it's just helped us. It's helped us in our like communication and understanding each other. So just, uh, uh, I am a seven, which is known as the enthusiast. Um, and if I was going to simplify it, it's just the, um, I'm the token extrovert. I, I make friends easily. I don't mind being in front of a crowd. Um, yeah, so I, I like adventure. I like variety. I like changing things up. Robin is a three. She is a, a cheat, which is known as the achiever. And so she likes making good grades. She likes getting gold stars. And she's really, really good at it. She's good at homework. Not the Ben Garcia track. No, no, no. But so to that point, um, the these numbers and just these categories have helped us to see how we complement each other and then how we can work to, um, I don't know, kind of kind of help us work through our differences and, and learn from them and hopefully, you know, grow together as we um, clash every now and then. Yeah. I mean, I look at first Peter three that, that tells husbands to live with their wives in an understanding way. And I don't think you need a personality test to uh, be able to do that necessarily. I mean, obviously the people in the, the dispersion that Peter was writing to didn't have the luxury of personality tests at the time. Um, but I'm a type nine, which is a peacemaker, whatever that means. I imagine it means I make peace somehow, but that puts me in the likes of guys like Abraham Lincoln, uh, Morgan Freeman, and oh. yes, the Mr. Walt Disney himself. But oh. honestly, I haven't, I haven't used a lot of the tools to help define me. I, I've kind of tried to have more of just like an understanding and an awareness, a thankfulness and a, and a joy about how God has created me and created Shannon. But it, it's interesting for sure to see how we relate to each other when you look solely at our Enneagram types. Like I think you are kind of mentioning this with with the differences between you and Robin too. So Shannon's a type one and I don't know what that is. Actually, you might know. Perfectionist. That sounds about right. So we'll, we'll go with that. But I've seen it said that, um, that nines tend to take a bit of the rough edge off of ones while ones give clarity and direction to nines. But I've also learned that when conflict appears, she, uh, or should I just say ones have this, edginess and prickly anger where I tend to shut down and withdraw from the situation a bit. So probably more frustrating 
for her, I imagine. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how um, those things kind of impact your communication and um, can't really use it as an excuse. But like, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a nine. That's why I'm doing that. Like, I can't help it. Right. So uh, that's the, the tough thing in marriage, I think, is uh, when you can try to box yourself into your type and then use that to not grow as a spouse. Uh, it can be a, a struggle for me, I think. Not that I'm typing myself or putting myself into this little type nine box by any means, but I don't want to use that as an excuse. Anyway, I want, I want to get into how this impacts us as dads a bit, but obviously don't want to necessarily go through and type all of our kids and analyze like how this impacts this and how one kid plays with another kid because of this. Um, but I think that can get messy pretty quick, but overall, how would you describe the personalities of your kids? Uh, well, first of all, I want to correct myself. Number the ones are ref, the reformer. Um, perfectionist perfectionism can be a part of ones, but yeah. just want to clarify fair to enough. be fair to Shannon. Um, the personalities of my kids, uh, my oldest daughter, she is. Um, uh, well, before I say this, I'm, I'm going to use the Enneagram numbers because we've kind of introed with this. But kids are just constantly developing and growing and learning. And, you know, who knows what they'll be once they, you know, become mature adults. So right now, this is just kind of their main character trait, but it could change. My oldest daughter, she, she could be a one or a three, maybe. She's just, she's like a, a, um, similar to Robin in that she likes achievement. She likes working hard to get a positive outcome. Um, she can be a perfectionist. She likes order. My second daughter, um, she could be anything on the on the on the numbers at this point. Really depends on the day. Two, seven, eight. She's super passionate, uh, very enthusiastic, uh, but she can be all up in her feelings, like like very quickly, um, and not necessarily to tears. It's more of like you're dead to me. Don't talk to me. Like it's very cold. Um, but she's she's the life of the party for sure. Um, my third child, uh, my th- my th- my son, is uh, just a ball of energy. As is my fourth child, who's my second son. They are both just stereotypical boys. I don't, I don't really have a personality for them yet. They're just kind of uh, energetic, getting themselves hurt, crying about it, and then running away and doing it all over again. They love snuggles with mom and dad and. That's it. Yeah. That's kind of a brief summary of their personalities. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I obviously got to be around your two oldest a little more as they were growing up. So I maybe could have answered for them. I'm not sure, but yeah, my girls, um, grace is from my limited knowledge of Enneagram types. I think she is around a type four ish if I am understanding her correctly. So she's, she's pretty curious and creative. She loves to dress up. Um, she is focused, like very focused and notices any small detail in life, which is really creepy at times. Like she can point out new freckles on me. I don't know if you can really see me, but I I've got a lot of freckles. So for her to notice new ones, like that's pretty observant. Um, but she can also be a little emotional at times too, as all kids probably can. Whereas Riley has tons of energy. She's pretty aggressive and tough except for when you pull out the vacuum. I imagine, not that you get scared of the vacuum, Ben, but I imagine she's pretty similar to you as possibly a seven. Uh, mm. That's a little a little scary, but 
kind of fun. Uh, so we'll see how, <laughs> how more of their personalities emerge as they, as they get older. But do you find that you have, that you have to, or that you should change the way you parent based on which kid you're interacting with? Or is it more of a, like, this is how I parent no matter which kid I'm dealing with? Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's a, a baseline of that. I, I, you know, Robin and I will parent the same for all of them, but when it comes to individual, whether it's discipline or praise or reward, um, I think it does, it has to fit who they are. Um, so like, you know, Adeline is all about logic and reason. And so if she gets in trouble, we have to, it's, it's better for her to explain exactly what happened step by step. This action caused this consequence. And this is why daddy is saying this. And then she kind of gets it. It takes her a while to kind of work through that, but she gets it. Nora is much more of a feeler. And so it's more of, um, this is why you hurt my feelings. This is why, um, you, this is why your brother is crying. This is why, you know, it's more of just like, uh, feeling what's happening. So yeah, I think it does flex and change with each kid. Again, with the boys, they're just little cavemen. So I don't know <laughs> if that's as, <laughs> if that's as specific, but especially with the two older girls, that's, it, it definitely ebbs and flows. Yeah. I found that in order for me to parent well and, and be the best parent I can be, it, it's going to take a lot of work to not react or interact with them based on some like standard parenting template that I have. So I like to offer the customized gold star approach to parenting, if you will, or basically like having an understanding of my kids, it's, it's going to require different things uh, from me, I guess. So Grace, I know wants nothing more than for me to just do something with her, whether that's building things or coloring with her every day. She's like, can you color with me? Can you color with me? I'm like, you just steal all the crayons anyway, but sure. Or play tic-tac-toe, whatever it is. She just wants a buddy to like help with her creativity. And Riley, on the other hand, is, is probably going to need someone to help her slow down a bit. Um, but I imagine she'll be game for a lot of like spontaneous and, and daring activities when she gets a little older. But you mentioned the discipline aspect of it too, while you're getting into that, like with the discipline, I know this could be a whole separate podcast probably, but do your kids require different discipline based on their personalities. Like we've realized quickly that grace um, can be corrected quickly. If we just kind of change our tone with her, whereas mm -hmm. Riley will give you that cute little smirk and then do exactly what you told her not to do. And uh, so I sense our discipline with her may need to be a little more heavy handed, if you will. Uh, but what about you guys? Feel free to protect the innocent and not name any names too, but uh, does a uh, discipline look different based on their personalities uh yeah i think that's yeah oh yes the answer is yes um i i think with my oldest it's definitely like you said like if she realizes that you found out that she broke a rule you pointing that out is enough she will crumble after that but with my second she's a more rebellious more sassy and will try to circumvent any authority if possible so it does end up being different, but you know, also in reconciliation after the discipline, um, you know, my oldest is more of a headspace. Once she gets it, she gets over it. She moves on and she's, she, she wants to pretend like it never happened. Almost hmm. that, that, that blemish on her record, uh, 
just let's not talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. My second, she wants emotional reconciliation. Like it's not over until there's a hug, an embrace, and I love you or something like that. And so, yeah, it just, uh, it, it's interesting seeing them walk through those things, especially when you're like upset with them. But it's pretty clear right now, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. I, uh, I ended up raising my voice a little bit with grace today and she like ran back into her room sat on her chair and was just crying and like weeping a little bit that little soft uh sniffle uh, so i had to go in there and and talk to her and we had a good chat about like the fruits of the spirit and self-control and i'm like she mm-hmm. loves she loves hearing all these things i don't know if she understands it really but sure. just having that that connection where like we can talk through things and then end it with a big hug and she kind of uh feels better after that but yeah riley's just like you try to discipline her and she's like looking the other way like i'm out of here what what can i get into next kind of thing so it it will be interesting to see how that changes possibly and how uh, they grow into that and how that impacts other other decisions and uh, things that they make but uh, i'm interested to know and and this may get a little deep but you've you talked about this earlier like if you don't know what the enneagram is it's this this and this but uh, how are you able to look at those different fears and motivations that your kids may have and, and understanding they're probably different for each of your four kids um, and then using those things that are deep in their hearts to point them to Jesus and disciple them? The beautiful thing about the gospel is that it transcends num- your Enneagram type or, or whatever your personality thing that you want to talk about. Like the gospel is for all of us. And so um, we, emphasize um grace a ton like uh great or the difference between grace and mercy you don't deserve this thing but i'm going to give it to you anyway because i love you or you deserve this punishment but i'm going to withhold that punishment because i love you and so those two kind of keep being really repetitive with those two um i think has allowed us some really good conversations Uh, i think about um the Romans 5 passage, uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just that idea that um, God kn- knew we were imperfect. He, he saw the imperfection and in the middle of that gave us Christ. So there's been many a times where a bad choice has been made, a bad consequences on its way, some sort of punishment, and <laughs> the kids are like, please, Daddy, give me grace. <laughs> like... Or, or can I have grace? And sometimes it's heart melting and you give in, sure. And sometimes it's like, nah, there's no more grace here. Like there's, <laughs> God has grace, but daddy doesn't. Like, um, but, they, but we've, we've kind of uh, made that language really repetitive in the house so that they know what it means. And so when we translate it over to a biblical context, they, they know what we're talking about. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but your two oldest are believers, correct? Correct. Thank you to Vacation Bible School. BBS coming through in the class. I mean, I imagine the the parenting probably set them up pretty well for the the spirit to do some work in their hearts. But uh, is is that different then with them being followers of Christ where you uh, sort of have to take a different approach necessarily? Or are you still just speaking the gospel into Adeline and Nora's life the same way as you are Leo and Josiah's life? Yeah, I, I think it's for the for Leo and Josiah, they're so young. I mean, we're just kind of 
including them in the conversation. They're not really getting it. They're three and 18 months at this point. But with the two girls, it's more of a reminder of who they are, that we remind them of the decision that they made, remind them that there's always forgiveness. Um, because yeah, they are Christians now. They 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 have the Holy Spirit in their in their heart and in their life. And so it, it is a little different. It's not just like training them, this is what grace means, this is what mercy means. It's like you you are a living product of these things, even now as we as we talk about it. Right. Yeah, that's good. Well, before we wrap it up, uh, this kind of just reminded me too, but as followers of Christ, do you see any dangers in us using the Enneagram or what would those dangers be uh, in using the Enneagram? Well, we kind of touched on it earlier. One is don't put your kids in a box. Like you have to allow them to surprise you. I would say don't even put your spouse in a box. Like you said, like just because your wife is in a number, she can do something else just because your kid is you think they're a number here and there like they can arise to an occasion and stretch and be different mm-hmm. um another thing would be is don't favor the kid that most resembles your personality oh that's good so like nora kind of matches me in a lot of ways adeline matches my wife in a lot of ways so i get what she's thinking i get her motivations my wife really understands why adeline got upset but that can lead to a little parent kid click and you wind up teasing the other one because they get their feelings hurt in a certain way every time. Like you just have to be careful with that. And the last thing I would say is um, as their strengths come out, um, encourage those, um, not, not just their talents um, because I think those are easy to do but their like personality strengths, their ability to forgive, their ability to help their younger siblings, their ability to make friends at school. Those are all personality strengths and character strengths that come, that, that, that are explained in the Enneagram. But I think it's important to encourage those. And then as their weaknesses come up, like teach through those and not just like, not the Elsa approach where you're trying to hide everything. Conceal, don't but, feel. Yeah, yeah, that's crap. Like it's okay to feel, but this is how we deal with those feelings. I think those are some, some positive ways to use the Enneagram. Uh, you know, even then I'm not consciously thinking about the Enneagram when all this is happening, but just as we look at, look at it through those lenses. There are people out there that I think are probably processing things that way, but I think from my, again, limited understanding of this, what I've kind of felt and seen is that if we're looking at it from the perspective of having some sort of like spiritual awakening instead of relying on the blood of Christ for us, our salvation, that's obviously pretty dangerous, but I can see benefit in using it. Like you said, to, to understand how God has gifted us and, and how we can use our personalities and strengths to serve him. So um, yeah, that's good. I, I'm not going to tell any of you parents out there to go start like typing your kids and figuring out what little, little boxes they fit in. Cause as you've probably seen through this discussion, like, kids are all over the place. They're probably not going to fit into a box, but uh, I think the goal of this is really just to know your kids better and be able to lead and disciple them better, uh, which is kind of what I've, I've gathered from it. So you got any last thoughts on this, Ben? Um, Check out the typology podcast with Ian Michael Cron. It's a really good uh, podcast. He breaks things. He has guests on just like this, but he's like an expert 
and he's written books on books and books on Enneagram. And it's a good, it's a good starting point for anyone wanting to learn about it. Well, I've even heard the name, so it must be, must be pretty good. So sweet. Well, Ben, the last uh, dad fail you talked about centered around a great dinner at Olive Garden that was quickly ended when, when someone decided to give their kids pasta with, with hot sauce on it. Um, And I'm not a betting man, but I have a hunch that that's, not your only dad, Phil, in the almost decade of parenting now. Uh, so I don't even know if I like told you I was going to ask you about another dad, Phil, but uh, what's up? You got a little something, something for us to, to entertain us tonight? Uh, man, you, you're right. I totally forgot about the dad, Phil segment of the show. <laughs> I mean, I got plenty. Uh, probably the one I can think of offhand. Have you ever? Uh, oh, yeah. So. Just um, thinking your kid can do more than he can or she can. I think I was like playing with Adeline on some steps when she was younger. And I was like, all right, I'm going to toss you and you jump and you land. On the steps? Yeah. Okay, carry on. Well, she didn't land. (laughs) (laughs) And she fell really hard. And uh, that, yeah, that's an obvious fail. But that's the one I remember clearly because I was like, it was one of the first times that I, uh, you know, she she has her faith in me. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be safe. And it wasn't fun. Oh, I got it. That just reminded me. One time, I'm walking with Adeline. She's probably like six. This is in the same vein as the first story. We're crossing the street and the crosswalk is taking forever. And so I'm like, I click around. I'm like, Adeline, let's go. Ready on three. We're going to run because this is taking forever. Right when we run, a car turns and like screeches right at us. Oh, no. And like gets all angry at us. I picked her up and I just ran the rest of the way. And she's like, Daddy, you're supposed to wait for the walk sign. And then we get home and she's like, Mommy, Daddy almost got hit by a car. And uh, yeah, that was definitely a Oh, speaking of telling on daddy for things. Um, so Riley, Riley, our youngest, I guess this is probably a fail. She's starting to get a ton of words. And just like, whenever you say a sentence, she'll just repeat the last word in the sentence. And I'm like, what is this? It's, it's coming out of nowhere. But anyway, the other, the other morning, um, I, I get up and, and feed the girls breakfast. And she had a pancake that was like cut up into little squares. And she kept taking a piece of pancake would throw it to one side, take another piece, throw it to the other side and like keep throwing it back and forth. Piper's having a heyday. Our dog is having a heyday underneath the chair, just like trying to catch all these little pieces of pancake. And I go over to Riley and like get in her face and, and smack her hand as she's getting ready to, to throw a little piece of pancake. And she just looked at me and like the bottom lip starts quivering and she starts crying and I'm like, Oh no. But anyway, Shannon comes downstairs a little later to get her coffee and Riley's sitting there in her high chair still and still kind of crying a little bit. And she looks at Shannon and she's like, dad, do dad, do hit. And I'm like, Oh no, you're telling on me now for, for smacking your hand away. And so, yeah, I, uh, I got called out big time on that and thrown out. That'll teach you not to eat those pancakes, man. It's a hard life in the Shaughnessy house. It's a, it's a fight every morning with, with that one uh, with <laughs> breakfast, but all right. Well, that's all we've got today. Ben, thanks for hanging out again, man. Next time I'll get Robin on here as the real professional 
Um, but my, my hope and encouragement for you guys today is just spend some quality time with your family, getting to know your family a little more and find out what those motivations and fears in their hearts are. Uh, point them to Jesus and let's go get those wins up.